Well, thank you everybody for joining us here live around the world. I'm Father Chris. We're grateful that you're with us for a first Saturday. This is a special day because not only is it a first Saturday, this is the month of May dedicated to Our Lady. So Mary, or the month of May, first Saturday, you can't get better. And today we're going to talk about two apparitions you probably haven't heard about. And our job is to bring you the knowledge and understanding of these apparitions that have been lost to history. And for us to see what did Our Lady say? What did heaven say? And so this is our goal today. So let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Mary, we ask that you wrap your mantle around us, that we can all gather together as the body of Christ to have you lead us to your Son. Yes, Jesus is the only way to the Father, but we ask you be our way to the Son. And Mother Mary, open our hearts to receive these words you gave us at Pontman and Kyrian. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So again, everybody, our goal, now I, I said last night we did First Fridays, and I said at that time on First Fridays that we are looking at a situation in our world where First Fridays and First Saturdays, we Marians have been doing them now for quite a while, over two years. I explained last night it has never been more important than what we are doing right now. I said last night on the first Friday that our job, first Fridays and first Saturdays, is what? To make reparation to the sacred heart of Jesus. That's our first Friday. And now on first Saturday, to make reparations to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the wounds and the blasphemies against her. The blasphemies against her divine maternity, against her perpetual virginity, blasphemies against her immaculate conception, blasphemies of those who teach children to revile her, and finally, blasphemies in her images and statues. This is not a worship. It's asking Mary to take us to Jesus, and right now the world is in such a mess that this, and again, saying what I said last night, first Fridays and first Saturdays, I really believe Last night, I did some numbers, and they just came to me. And actually, I confirmed them. Mathematically, they make sense. And I was amazed last night when I actually put a calculator to it that, wow, I was hoping I wasn't misspoken. No. There are 300, about 350 million Catholics, or sorry, million people in the United States. Right now, we are praying especially for the United States of America. And I said last night that about every one of you watching, if we get 20,000 views, that means God is assigning to you about 15,000 souls to bring to him. That means each one of you that is here at this shrine, each one of you that is watching, has been chosen by God to bring to him this is the whole message of Marian apparitions. Bring to Jesus, to Jesus through Mary. But I just threw that number out last night. I actually put the number on the calculator, and it makes perfect sense. If each one of you watching was to think about it, we are given about 15,000 souls to bring to God. You, personally. They start with your family your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your co-workers, all those who don't know God, you have been entrusted with them. That is why you're here, to make reparation not only for your own sin, but their sins. To make reparation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary for not only their ingratitude, but our own. And then I threw out a number. I said, you know, Abraham said before the Lord, Lord, if I find 50 righteous people, and what's so interesting, 
is he said, if I find 50, will you spare the city? This is going to be Sodom and Gomorrah, where our Lord was going to destroy for the sins of the flesh. And the Lord said, yes, I will spare it if, if, if I find 50 righteous people. Then he said, if I find 40, yes, I will spare it. If I find 30, yes, I will spare it. And he says, yes, if I spare it, will you, if I find 20 people, will you spare it? Yes. And you know what's fascinating? I said 20 righteous people. If we can find 20 righteous people, he said, Abraham, God would spare the city. Well, guess what? I put the calculator to it. There's about seven to eight billion people in the world. At a thousand times that number means there was about seven to eight million in the world at the time of Abraham. And that's exactly what science estimates. So basically, if we can find 20,000 righteous people, I believe because Abraham needed 20. Now, I'm, this is the engineer in me. But if Abraham could find 20 righteous people to save the world, and the world is now 1,000 times bigger, we went from 7 to 8 million to 7 to 8 billion. The world is about 1,000 times bigger. That means we need about a thousand more righteous people and we've got them right here. We've got them on this Marian family. We can honestly make a difference. I, if I didn't believe every ounce of what I was telling you, I wouldn't be up here. I wouldn't have given up wife and family and home and business. I would not have given all that up if I didn't believe every single word I was telling you. If Abraham could find 20 righteous people for a world of seven to eight billion, and now we're in a world of seven to eight billion, we can find 20,000 righteous people. And if you are watching, you're one of them. Even if you're not living that perfect life, God has chosen you to intercede for our loved ones, our families, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors. Please listen to this message of God, and he is speaking to us through Our Lady. This is what First Saturday is about, just like last night was on the Sacred Heart, that you can find that. This is our goal. And now Our Lady spoke to us at two places. One is Potman, France, and I've been saying all along, if you look at the prophecies, the Lord is going to do something to redo Europe with either, I believe, England, France, or Ireland. England, because that's the dowry of Our Lady. France, because she's the first daughter of the church. And Ireland, because she saved Western civilization, she saved the church, and now she's falling away, but we're gonna pray that she comes back and saves it again. It is gonna be, Europe is gonna be saved from one of those three countries. And today we're talking about France. Our Lady of Potman was France, and guess what it's called? Our Lady of Hope. And then we talk about Our Lady of Kieran, also in France, I think it's Brittany. And there it's called Our Lady of Eternal Aid. Two perfect apparitions for the mess we're in right now. So let us begin. Our Lady of Potman, this is the last of my Vatican-approved apparitions, okay? The church, to have an approved apparition, can be either approved by the bishops, local bishop, or by the Vatican itself. Now, just because it's not approved by the Vatican does not mean that it's not fully approved by the bishops. Today, we're talking about Potman, France, which is the last of the ones I've spoken about approved by the Vatican. There's only 16 of them. There's only 16. They include Our Lady of Guadalupe, Fatima, Lourdes. This is powerful stuff. And Potman, France is one of them. This is one of the 16 approved by the Vatican. This is powerful. Now, then we'll cover the locally approved by the bishops, Kieran, in France. But let's start. Now, remember, when an apparition is investigated and approved, it is the local bishop who is most important. It can be approved by the bishop without Vatican recognition, okay? Trent, Council of Trent, said the local bishop is the first and main authority in the judgments of the authority, authenticity of an apparition. 
So Vatican approved, which Potman is, is powerful, but it's not required to be considered authentic. The bishop can say it's authentic. So after the bishop approval, the Vatican may officially approve it too, release a statement. That's what it did with Potman. All right. Or it could even give less direct forms of approval, like the Pope visiting, crowning the icon that is associated with the apparition, the approval of a basilica to be built there, the establishment of a feast day, canonization of the visionaries. Yes, the Vatican can be involved or not. Today we're talking about one the Vatican is. So remember too, that if a bishop approves or disproves something, it can later be changed by a subsequent bishop. So if one bishop has a negative judgment, we're seeing this in Medjugorje. And, and it's interesting because if there's a positive or negative judgment that's not been approved by the Holy See, a following bishop can actually change that. All right, as long as it's not recognized by the Vatican. Once it's recognized by the Vatican, that's it. All right, so let's look at our next slide. And if you're following us here, this is absolutely amazing. Look at those places of the Marian apparitions. It, is, it looks like a shotgun blast. There are so many Marian apparitions. That's a map of these Marian apparitions. And if a Marian apparition is approved by the bishop, it means that the message is not contrary to the faith and morals of the church, and Mary can be venerated there in a special way. All right? This is important. Because belief, remember, in private revelation is not required by the church. But once it's approved, the church says it's okay to believe it. Now, let's get into Potman. Potman, France happened in 1871. We call this Our Lady of Hope. Boy, do we need that. Now, Lourdes, Fatima, they're all famous. We know those, those ones. We know Guadalupe. We know Lourdes. We know Fatima. But how many of you heard of Potman? Let's look at our next slide. This is the apparitions of Mary at Potman. Our Lady seems to totally have a soft spot for France, two we're going to be talking about today, because that's her first daughter, and children. Both these apparitions today involve children. What happened? All right, in 1870, the king of Prussia. Now, what is Prussia? Prussia is really kind of the Germanic, the German-speaking regions of Europe at the time, right? It's not Russia, Prussia. Prussia is more German. They waged war against the eastern parts of France. They wanted to unite all German-speaking regions. Their chancellor, you've heard of him, Otto von Bismarck. So Bismarck attacks France to unite the German-speaking countries. They had many victories. They marched into Paris. So they're in Paris in 1871. Then, after taking Paris, they turned to the western provinces of Normandy and Brittany. Now, by mid-January 1871, this Prussian army was a few miles away from Potman. Now, this was, Potman was right inside the French lines. This was their last hope. So the citizens feared for their lives. And this priest, this Father Guerin, who had been the parish priest for 35 years, asked for prayers. And you know what he did? He does what I do all the time. Ask for the prayers of little children. I very rarely go around asking all these adults all around, please pray for me, please pray for me. But I see a little child. I see somebody, even an adult, who is maybe handicapped or special, special needs like Down syndrome. I always ask for their prayers because they're specially chosen by God. They are a special gift of God. So when you see little children, I bet you don't think to ask them to pray for you. Very powerful. When you see someone with Down syndrome or ALS, do you ask them to pray for you? Very powerful, very powerful. I see we have a great guest here, Chris. Chris is one of our Marian family, I ask him all the time, Chris, please pray for me. He's got spina bifida, but this guy's heart is the size of a lion. 
It's Chris the Lionhearted. <laughs> and so we ask him to pray for us to the Blessed Mother for protection. Now things look totally bleak, right? While many different factors, yes, contributed to the end of the war, most believe that it was one thing, a vision of the Blessed Mother that protected this French town and all of France from being destroyed. All right, on January 17, 1871, here's what happened. Near the small village of Pontman, France, Cesar Barbadet had two sons, Joseph and Eugene. They were finishing their chores on the farm. Something else we're losing. Good old-fashioned hard work in our families. Eugene was only 12, and he looked out the barn, uh, at the window of the barn, and saw a miraculous light. Now, Joseph, the little brother, was 10, and he saw Our Lady as well, this light, but the father did not. So then the two younger neighbor girls came over, and they saw the light in Our Lady. Eventually, six children came. Sound similar? This is the same story we've heard over and over at Marian Apparitions, right? And so then these six children saw Our Lady. So let's look at our next slide. If you got your phone with you, we're on um, Facebook page is Divine Mercy Official, and our YouTube channel is Divine Mercy. But here's a picture of Our Lady. Now, she was luminous. She appeared in the sky. She had a dark blue robe with bright stars on it. That's what you're looking at right there. The religious sisters then from a nearby convent were called over, along with the parish priest I just mentioned, Father Guerin. All of a sudden, let's look at our next slide, more villagers started coming over to witness this amazing sight. And there's Our Lady floating above the church. Okay? Amazing. Now, it was just like Knock. What did Our Lady, what was her message in Knock, Ireland? Nothing. She didn't talk. So Our Lady, in a similar way here, didn't really speak, but the crowd began to pray the rosary. And as they were praying the rosary, a banner unfurled beneath her feet, Our Lady's feet, and it said, please pray, my children. Now, yes, we could take my children to literally mean all of us. We're all Mary's children. But I really believe the key is to get our children to pray. How many children I am meeting, not here at the shrine, but out in the world, don't know how to pray? Are we teaching them as parents? And she says, pray, my children. God will soon hear your prayers. My son is waiting for you. Now, here's the powerful thing. She said, God allows himself to be moved by one thing. What's the one thing that God allows himself to be moved by? Compassion and mercy. Compassion and mercy. If you have compassion on your neighbor and beg the mercy of God, he will hear. So they begun to sing the song, Mother of Hope, asking Our Lady to protect their country. Notice, we need to protect it. If you have your cell phone on, if you could turn the sound down. But notice, the whole message here is she was praying, the children and the adults, praying for their country. This is what we are called to do right now. Pray for our country. Now, Mary first appeared sad, she appeared with a red cross, but then after they started singing and praying for their country, she started to smile. She laughed and she joined their singing. This apparition lasted for about three hours till about 9 p.m. Can you imagine singing and dancing with Our Lady? Singing and dancing with Our Lady. Now this whole time this is going on, here comes the Prussian army. The Prussian army at that exact moment was marching into the town. They were just a few miles away. And so the soldiers, these Prussian soldiers, all of a sudden were stopped in their tracks. They saw the vision. They saw. How about that? So the general, von Schmidt, called back his troops. 
And all of a sudden, they headed in the opposite direction. And the general, Schmidt, von Schmidt, said, we cannot go farther. There is a Madonna blocking the way. <laughs> how awesome is that? So whether or not how much this influenced the result of the war, many think it did because the conflict ended 10 days later. It ended. Later on January the 28th, 1871, they even left Paris. And an armistice was signed. There was peace. So let's look at our next slide. The apparition of this Virgin Mary at Potman became known as Our Lady of Hope. Hope in the face of destruction of a nation. Now our, our, our fear for our country, and really no matter where you're watching from, basically the whole free world, the Philippines and Canada and Australia, the United States, England, Ireland, France, Spain, Italy, the whole free world, we need to worry, but not worry in the sense that we don't trust. Remember, Jesus told Consolata, Blessed Consolata Bertoni, you worry only about loving me and I will take care of everything else to the smallest detail. So basically, we're not to worry in fear, but pray. Pray for the safety of our world and our nation, whether the destruction is from China and Russia militarily or if it's economically, like they're trying to destroy the dollar. We will pray. All right? This is why we need hope. Our Lady of Hope, who said, pray for your nation. What better time? And so look at our next slide. The French bishops quickly found this to be a bona fide appearance of Our Lady under the title of Our Lady of Pontmen. January the 17th is her feast day. Our Lady of Hope. Then Rome followed through in 1932. Pope Pius XI approved it. It shows that prayers of the humble, especially little children, do have an effect to stop even bloodshed. If we believe this, if we trust this, and we have all 20,000 of you bringing your 15,000 entrusted souls, even if you don't know them personally, God has given them to you to pray for, we can do this. You know, Our Lady of Pontman is like Our Lady of Victory. She appeared during wartime. We are in a war right now. It was the Franco-Prussian War. Things were not going good for France. Things are not going good for the United States and the Western world. But after her appearance, the village was spared, peace was restored, and God had mercy. We've got to do the same thing. This is why we're here for the first Saturday. We are to do today exactly what those people did at Potman. What did they do? They gathered together, asked for mercy of God, and prayed the rosary. What are we going to do today? We gather together, we ask for the mercy of God, and we pray the rosary. We are doing the exact same thing that Potman did to save their country. We're asking for God to save us in our Western world. We're under attack in the whole world for that matter. So after this point, France was not under crushing oppression. More importantly, Potman and the whole country were spared. Now, did France learn from this? Not totally. That might be why World War II happened, because they didn't turn back to God. But again, France was speared. Will they learn this time? I don't know. Now they're talking about joining BRICS, joining with China and Russia to destroy the United States. So throw in some prayers from France while we're here. Important. And so to finish, let's look at our next slide. Like other shrines, Potman draws hundreds of thousands of pilgrims each year. And look how beautiful Our Lady is there. Now, we're only going to watch one video today. It's just a two-minute video of Father Joe Roche, our superior general. As he's there at Potman, and we recorded him saying a couple special sentences. It's not long. It's very short. Let's watch Father Joe. Nights before the apparitions, the priest had brought the people into the chapel to pray. And he had asked them to sing the song, Our Lady of Hope. And the people loved that song. But they weren't able to pray or sing that night because they were so forsaken and so downcast. And they said, God does not hear and answer our prayers anymore. Now, when Our Lady came, Our Lady of Pontmain came, 
She did not say anything. She was silent the whole time. She was smiling at them. She was encouraging them with her gestures, but she never said a word. But there was a kind of a scroll that came out and it unfolded word by word. And what Our Lady said to them was, but you must pray because God will hear your prayers and Jesus, his son, will allow himself to be touched by these prayers. And so there was some uh, question when people saw these words, but, how can you start something with but? But it's, it's obvious that what Our Lady is doing is she's responding to the question of the people in the church. God doesn't hear our prayers anymore. Is it worth praying? And Our Lady is saying, but you must pray because God will hear your prayers. And he does answer these prayers. Later on, during the apparitions, Our Lady became more serious. A crucifix appeared on her, a red crucifix, and it said the words Jesus Christ over it. And the red, I think, is a symbol of the blood, of the war, the violence, the difficulties that were going on at that time. There were also four candles at times. There were many different aspects of the apparitions that were very symbolic and reminded the people of their church. And finally, over the course of the three hours, finally the lady disappeared and it only was that one apparition that one night. The people had their hope restored after that. They had prayed together, they had uh, felt joy, and at one point they even said, even if the Prussians are at our gate, we will not lose hope. And so Our Lady had revived the faith of the people there. Eleven days later, the Prussian army had uh, withdrawn and an armistice was signed. So it seems the prayers were answered and Our Lady of Peace had triumphed. Peace returned to that area. And the faith it's still an ongoing battle, but the faith is still being restored. So it's an important message that we, we need to have peace in our hearts, we need to have hope, and we need to pray because God's very attentive to us and he's close. Two nights before the... Okay, so that was Father Joe. God bless him. He's our new superior general of the whole Marians worldwide. And there he was at Potman telling this important story, this message. Now, this was one apparition in one night. Peace and faith were restored. We too, in one afternoon, can bring peace. You know, as we offer our rosary, which we're going to do together here shortly, each day, not just today, but each day, but especially today, seeking the maternal care of our Blessed Mother, we must always be mindful of what she did. She stood at the foot of the cross filled with what? Sorrow, true. And next week or next month, I'm going to be talking about Our Lady of Sorrows. But what did she have that was greater than sorrow? Hope. Hope for the forgiveness of sins and the redemption of the world and the resurrection of the life, life everlasting. So this affords us hope as we journey through life if we turn to her to help us to get to Jesus. All right, so let's now start our second, this is a quicker apparition called Karen. Q-U-E, let's put it up on the screen actually, let's look at our next slide. Q-U-E-R-R-I-E-N, Kieran. And this is in France, in Brittany. Now, this is the first of the bishop-approved apparitions I'm gonna be speaking on. This goes back to 1652, and they call it Our Lady of Eternal Aid. Boy, do we need that. It's also called Our Lady of All Good. I like that title, Our Lady of All Good. All right, now this first happened, awesome, on August the 15th, 1652. The Feast of what? The Assumption. Now, the last apparition was only five days later on August the 20th, also 1652. So unlike Potman, where there was only one apparition on one night, there was 15 apparitions, but only over five days. Now let's take a look at our next slide. On August 15, 1652, you guessed it, a little shepherd child. Boy, if I could be anything right now, I think it'd be a little shepherd child. Because that's who really just seemed to be picked by Our Lady. But this one was special. Jean Cortel, she was deaf and mute. We never hear about that. We always hear about Helen Keller. Have we ever heard about the little shepherd girl, Jean Cortel? 
deaf and mute at age 12. Wow. This is a double powerful prayer. A child with handicap. You know, I tell that story often when I was celebrating mass. There was a woman here, the second row, and she had her son with him, with her. And as I was processing up the aisle, he was screaming so loud that I didn't know if we would be able to, you know, people would be able to hear the mass, but it's okay, we, we go through it, absolutely. And he was frailing and just slamming his arms and hitting the pew and foam coming down from his mouth and his mother just held him with the most loving embrace you ever saw. And he's yelling and he's screaming and I come up and I begin the mass in the name of the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. And he completely, completely went silent and just got this big spot and just stared at the top of the shrine here, the entire mass, the entire mass. And soon as I gave the final blessing, he went right back <laughs> to screaming and flailing and his mom's holding on to him. So I go outside and they follow out. They went down the elevator and I saw her and I said, I introduced myself and I said, wow, he was amazing during the mass. I said, he was at such peace. And she says, oh, well, father, he sees angels. The entire mass, he just watches the angels. He was unable to talk, but he would point out to her where the angels were, where the angels were during the mass. And she said the only word he could speak was angel. And I knew then, whoa, the reward will be so great in heaven. And so here we have a little child, deaf and mute, yet God doesn't forget, right? So this little Jean Cortel, she's age 12, she was tending her father's flock when Our Lady appeared to her with Jesus in one arm and lilies in the other. What does lilies mean? Purity, like St. Joseph, right? So this little girl was immediately healed of her afflictions on the spot. And so she later recounted the conversation that she had with this woman, Our Lady. So this, this dialogue with this little deaf mute girl now happens and the girl knew how to talk. So Mary comes, this is kind of cute. So the first thing Mary says to her isn't consoling her, isn't babying her. She says, charming shepherdess, give me one of your sheep. <laughs> and so this little girl being so beautiful and responsible, she says, I would love to, ma'am. But these sheep are not mine. They're my father's. Wow, what responsibility. She says, Mary said to her, go back to your parents and ask for a lamb for me. And the little girl says, but who will guard my flock? And Mary says, I myself will keep your sheep. And I wish I could say that about my employees. <laughs> Mary, let me go on a 30-day retreat. Will you watch over my flock? And you know, I got to trust because she will. She does. Say that about your family. So this little girl went to her parents and everyone was stunned. Her whole life she couldn't hear or speak and she could not function and now she could hear and speak. Now this is interesting because this is one of the rare times that Parents believed. Like at Fatima, others, La Salette and others, the parents didn't believe them. But here the parents believed. They accepted the story. So here's what was the conversation. The little girl said, my father, a lady came to see me today 
and she asked me for one of your lambs. And you know what the father said? My dad would say, well, are you going to get a good price for it? <laughs> that would be totally my dad. How much are you going to get for it? See if you can get above market value. No. This is what her father said. Ah, my daughter. If this lady has given you speech, we will give her our entire flock. Now, this is something else I said yesterday. Everything we have comes from God. Everything you've got was given by God. Can we not give back? I use the example, and again, I did the, just randomly picked the number in my head. I thought I did my math right. Luckily, I did. There's 168 hours in the week. 168 hours. And I used the example yesterday that if somebody came to you and gave you $168 and said, here you go. I know if I went to Chris and gave Chris $168 and said, but you know what? Can I ask, will you give me $1 back? I gave you the $168. You received that $168 and I say, could you please give me $1 back? You gave it to me. Who here wouldn't give at least $1 back? That's all our Lord is asking for. I gave you 168 hours in the week. Can't you give me one back to go to Sunday Mass? Can't you give me one back? Hopefully you can give them at least two back and go to adoration. That's what all these beautiful people are doing here today. In fact, they're giving three back because they're hearing me. <laughs> And then an hour of adoration the first Saturdays, and then an hour of Mass. Beautiful. You're still way ahead. God still gave you way more money than you're ever going to give him back. And so her father says, yes, if this lady has given you speech, we will give her our whole flock. Then the little girl said, she also said that it was necessary to search the pond and find an image buried in there that was lost centuries ago. So the parents are like, huh? And this little girl is insistent. This is what the lady told her. To go to the pond nearby and find this image. We'll get to that in a minute. And then the father said, what else did she ask of you? And the little girl, she says, she said that she is the Virgin Mary. This little girl, just like Lourdes, didn't even know what virgin or immaculate conception meant. And thus, a chapel must be built for her in the middle of the village so that pilgrims can come and honor God with her help. That's the purpose of a Marian shrine. That's the purpose of the shrine of divine mercy. And the father said, instead of saying, stop talking nonsense, the father said, if you are telling the truth, we will ask the bishop to allow us to build a, a sanctuary. All right, last, last couple paragraphs here. Then in the following days, Our Lady appeared several more times, 15 in total. And Mary said to her, to prove that the message comes from heaven, I'm telling you, to, you will discover a few steps from the fountain of St. Gall, G-A-L-L, -L, that's a great saint, from Ireland. Ireland. I'm going to show you how Ireland, England, and France all tie together right now. This St. Gall had an image of Our Lady that he carved that was honored in ancient times. Now, who was this St. Gall? Let's look at our next slide. Look at our next slide. Okay. This is St. Gall, G-A-L-L. Now, this is amazing. <clears throat> Because a thousand years earlier, in the year 610, this Saint Gaul came to this part of France. He sculpted a statue of the Blessed Virgin. Then on August the 20th, five days after she first appeared, 1652, the statue was found in that pond. It had been, it was in excellent condition, although it had been submerged for centuries. It was immaculate. Now, this St. Gaul is interesting here because he was born in Ireland in 550. It was right after St. Patrick. 
died in 645, spent some time in Switzerland, his feast day, October 16th, same day Pope John Paul was elected Pope. But anyway, he was an Irish monk and he helped spread Irish influence and introduced Christianity to all of Western Europe. Again, this is who we need help to save the Western world from our sin and our immoral activity, our abortion, redefining marriage. So he is considered the representative of Irish monasticism. Powerful, powerful. So the legend goes that this St. Gaul was there in the woods in that area and a bear came charging at him. Now it's funny because when I was in Alaska, I'll have to show this video sometime. I wanted to see grizzly bears. So we were up there doing a mission in, in uh, Black Eagle. Um, and so we were up in Alaska and I was, I was bugging them. I've only got one day off in two weeks or half a day. I want to go see grizzly bears. So one of the parishioners knew a spot. We went by boat. And I'm all talk. I'm all talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to go see the bears. I want to go see the bears. So he's like, well, we got to stay at a distance. We got to stay at our distance. And I got this on video. So I'll, I'll, I'll have to show this at a future Saturday talk. So he finally gets... We hike up this place and he knows where the salmon run is and the, the bears gather together for the salmon run in the river. And all of a sudden we see two relatively good sized grizzlies and they're eating salmon, gores or salmon all over. And I'm not even thinking, I wanted to get them on video. So I start walking and this guy had been warning me, like don't get too close to these guys because they get protective of their food. They, it's when it's mating season and eating season. <laughs> and so I'm filming and I'm enthralled by these grizzly bears and I'm going forward and I'm walking forward, I'm walking forward and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And all of a sudden the two bears look up at me <laughs> and I turn around to ask the guy what to do and he's gone. <laughs> he wasn't there. And I'm sitting there and both these grizzlies are staring at me. And these are wild grizzlies. I'm literally in Alaska at the wild grizzlies. And I got this phone. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so they always tell you, don't act scared. Don't like look small, but you're supposed to like raise your arms and like look big. I'm like, I can't look big no matter what I do. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm just praying. Oh my. Well, I didn't think. I kept thinking in my mind, what saint to pray to? I had no idea what patron saint of bears it's St. Gaul. It's St. Gaul. St. Gaul, this bear rushed at him. Now, thank the Lord, he protected me. I just slowly backed up and the bears went back to their salmon. So nothing happened. But boy, did that guy give me a chastisement. He's, he gave me one of these. He said, I told you, I'm never bringing you out here again. You didn't listen. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. My mind just went haywire. And so the legend was that this bear... Uh, charged at St. Gaul and he rebuked him and rebuked him just like the wolf with St. Francis, right? The wolf was eating the townspeople and Francis scolded him and said, you will not touch any of these people ever again if you want to live. And the wolf behaved and became a pet of the townspeople. And so St. Francis is the patron saint of animals. I guess I should have thought of him, but he rebuked this bear and then the bear looked at him and went out and gathered firewood. And, 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 and St. Gaul built his fire to keep warm and this bear became his pet. There's documentation everywhere of wherever the saint went, the bear followed him. And there's a picture, let's look at our next slide, of St. Gaul with the bear. And so this guy is quite amazing. So educated this St. Gaul in a monastery in Bangor, which is now North Down District in Northern Ireland. Which I can't wait to come back to Ireland. That visit to Ireland changed my life. So I'm coming back in the fall. Um, this Gaul became a disciple of St. Columban. He's an amazing saint. And he joined him on a mission to France. Well, then later, Columban went down to Italy, but Gaul remained there with these mostly pagan Germanic people. 
living in Gaul, not G-A-L-L, but G-A-U-L. And what, Fran what nation, I just gave it, what nation is that? France, France. So this is amazing. And so in 612, he founded this hermitage on the site of France and Switzerland. And let's look at the next slide. I want to go there because I still my favorite, those Einzelden, where Jesus came down and they said the mass. I did that talk last year. We are, by the way, please check our website. I'm going to be announcing it. I am leading a pilgrimage to Einzelden. It's the only pilgrimage in about three years I'll be able to do. So I hope that you'll join us and sign up and come with us uh, to Einzelden in Switzerland. But anyway, this is the Abbey of St. Gall, which was founded in 720 on the site of St. Gall's Hermitage. It's called St. Gallen, G-A-L-L-E-N. Now, here's what's fascinating. This apparition, and I know I'm out of time, happened in 1652. This was the same exact time I bet none of you have heard of this, except maybe some of you in Ireland, that the settlement of Ireland happened. This was Our Lady's response. The settlement of Ireland outlawed Catholicism. It's basically what we're facing today. And outlawed in the, it was outlawed in the hope that it would eventually disappear. Little do they know the Catholic Church is not gonna disappear because Jesus promised. So, under the statutes, dating all the way back to Elizabeth the one, who just passed away, Elizabeth II, right? Now, who was Elizabeth? Elizabeth I, she was the daughter of Henry VIII. Now, she was half-sisters with who? Mary, who they call Bloody Mary the Catholic. We're going to say something about that right now. But this Elizabethan times, Catholics were forbidden for taking part in public life. And priests were imprisoned, exiled, or executed. And a lot of this is still present in England. I think by England law, a Catholic can never ascend to the throne, if I'm correct. But our faith will never be squashed. Now, here's what's interesting. Look at our next slide. The myth of Bloody Mary. Now, ironically, Bloody Mary, the Catholic, is the one history says killed all the people and slaughtered all the people. But, you know, Henry VIII, her father, and Elizabeth I, the Protestant half-sister, killed more people than Mary, both of them. So we have a real misunderstanding. And so this settlement of Ireland comes back as an offshoot from that Elizabethan times to outlaw Catholicism, stamp it out. Why? Because people don't want to hear the truth. They want to live their own life. This is what's happening today. It's happening in our country. It's happening especially in Canada. I hear it's happening in Australia. We know it's going crazy in Europe. So we have to pray. This, history is just turning right around and doing itself all over again. This is why when they stop teaching history in schools, we're doing a disservice. Because the point is, you're supposed to learn from your mistakes. We didn't learn. So to finish, a month after these apparitions, in 1652, the local bishop came and did his investigation. And he formally recognized that it was valid and the apparitions were real. And so they blessed the first stone that was laid as the foundation for the chapel and it was completed four years later. Now, this little girl, she lived to age 63. She died in 1703, and she's entombed in the shrine. Let's take a look at it. There's a picture. In 1779, that chapel had to be enlarged because the crowds of pilgrims were growing that were coming to visit. Pray for us. Brother Mark and I are working diligently, and we ask for your prayers. If God puts on your heart your support, we've outgrown our shrine. You can see right here, we got standing room only in the back. And we are working and praying to be able to build a new shrine here. We're not going to remove this shrine. This shrine will always stay. But to build a new monastery and a new shrine. It's the same exact thing. And so the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. And our final slide, look at this beautiful picture. In 1950, 20,000 pilgrims. Notice, 20,000. 20,000, this is the number we need for all of you to be praying for the world. 20,000 pilgrims attended a coronation of the statue. See the statue of Mary? Guess what statue that was? 
the one they pulled out of the pond that was there for a thousand years. Unbelievable. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, God bless everybody. We're now going to get into what's most important. That is First Saturdays. This is a chance for us to ask our lady to do for us what she did at Potman, to do for us what she did at Karen. This is the time that we have to say we are sorry, Blessed Mother, for the sins against your immaculate heart. And Lord Jesus, please accept our penance, our prayers, and our reparation. And then we ask Our Lady to bring us to her son. This is the message that we need to convey to the world today. And that's why these two apparitions, when I went through and I was like, this, this is perfect for right now. And so God bless all of you. And we're gonna, Brother Mark's gonna power down this video. Give us about three minutes. I'm gonna vest, we're gonna get ready. We're gonna expose the blessed sacrament and we're gonna lead you through the first Saturday devotions. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.